What's up, everyone? Welcome to Husband and Wife Talk. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And who do we have today? We have Elisa and Chris <laughs> joining us again. <laughs> What's up, everyone? How are you? Good. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Such a joyous reason to come back because you're pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, cool. so, so exciting. So, if you didn't listen to the episode they were on, um, I few months ago probably more than a few months ago I don't remember when that was but we talked about their beautiful journey um to conceive and now ironically you were pregnant at that time when we recorded the podcast (laughs) but you were so secret secret that we did not know (laughs) good on you that's very true (laughs) I was super pumped when I when I saw the post. I was like, "Oh, dang! Like, good for them! Like, that's so exciting!" And and, and I, I have to say, Elisa, you were so sweet. You texted me before you uh, announced it, and you said, "You know, like, warning, we're pregnant." I know that sometimes when you're scrolling, it can be a little like trigger, you know. And I just thought that was so so sweet of you. And I'm just so so happy for you yeah. too. I, like cry every time I think about it. <laughs> she does. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, so much to talk about. Can oh we my just... god, she's literally crying I, I right now. Couple, she literally has in tears my eyes. in her eyes. <laughs> I feel like I like missed the crying gene. Like I think it's all gonna oh. come post birth mm-hmm. because I'm oh, just like holding sure. on to that like deep breath to make sure that we know everything's okay. And then I think I'll just like be a mess of tears yeah oh that's a good point yeah well i'm crying enough for both of us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um well can we dive into wednesday wisdom yeah what you got for us oh i was gonna say Corey, you want to start us off sure my wednesday wisdom comes from uh a place of if you i mean this is kind of niche but it's kind of good if you work with a friend in a in a professional capacity, so like your your friends and you work together, um, especially if it's like a like a little bit of a larger operation where you know you started off as friends and then now you're business partners, like I think it's really important to like, hey, like friend t- friend talk here for a second, like you know, and spend time delegating. Hey, can we just talk as friends right now and not as business partners? Uh, you know. Or not as coworkers or whatever, and then you can, because sometimes the line gets blurred, right? You know, um, having hard conversations is is tough when someone's your friend. Um, so I think it's good to be like, hey, like friend to friend talk. Let's like, you know, how are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life? Um, rather than like assuming you know everything about them because you work together and you spend time together. Friend time is different than work time. So that's my Wednesday wisdom. I like that. I also like it because I feel like even if you don't work with your friends, you can still like, hey, can we do a friend check-in? Like it's... like a kiki. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Or if you're like, if you work with your partner or if you work closely with your partner, um, it's, it would be nice to like, hey, can we just like connect as, as partners and not as business partners? But... But that's also like what this podcast has been. Like, and kind of like what yeah. it's turned into is this weird, like, audio journal 
<laughs> of our last like two years of our lives. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Every week for an hour, we sit down and talk to each other. So it's great. been kind of a weird, <laughs> like oddly therapeutic place to operate. Yeah. I love that because I don't think a lot of people take the time to like check in with each other and actually talk, even though you spend yeah. like 24 yeah. seven with your partner. Yeah. Like sometimes you don't make that time to actually connect and communicate and talk about yeah what's really yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my Wednesday wisdom is kind of short, so I'll just jump in. Um, I have been feeling recently like I have I I see my to do list. I have a to do list. I'm not I'm like not motivated to get it done. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, I'm feeling a lot of like guilt and anger that I'm not getting the things done that I need to get done and I was talking to my sister and I said you know I know I'm getting things done but it just doesn't feel like enough and she said well why don't you put a journal by your bed and at the end of the day write down all the things you accomplished so you can see them written out in front of you and it's been helpful to like yeah even if I did teach four classes today that still is a lot of stuff. <laughs> and sure, maybe I only did a lo one load of laundry and I didn't clean the whole house, but I still did stuff. So that's been helpful for me. If, and if anyone's feeling unmotivated or feeling like you're not getting stuff done, you are. And even just waking up and feeding yourself can be enough for the day. So that's my Wednesday wisdom. Put a mm. journal next to your bed and if you're feeling like you're not doing enough, write all the things down that you are doing so you can see it in front of you i love that i think yeah. that's focusing yeah. on what you what you've done and not what you've not done exactly some exactly. sometimes i write things on my list and then cross it off just so it feels like i did something yes it feels so good i keep i still have like a a journal that I write in or a, a planner that I write in and I will yeah at the beginning of the week I'll write my list and then if I do things that I was like oh yeah I went grocery shopping today and I forgot to write that down I'll write it down just as you said Absolutely. just to have Maybe the satisfaction better. of yeah. crossing it off it's like put out of bed cross <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start putting that on my to-do list <laughs> I love a list <laughs> yeah we love a list at the moment everything is just going on this list that keeps growing but um yeah I'm happy to jump in with my Wednesday wisdom because I feel like it kind of feeds off what Alex just said and mine has been kind of around the theme of self-care where I just don't feel like I'm doing any of my like regular self-care things that fill my cup um but I had a really good conversation this week with a friend and it was like identifying what feels right-sized at the moment. So, you know, I've had to like not go to my acupuncture appointment and not do a few things because I'm just too exhausted to like leave the house. Yeah. But like saying no in itself is self-care. So I think I was just able to like look through my week and go, oh, I actually like, I lied in that day and I took a nap and feels like I'm not doing because they're kind of like the resting elements of self-care. But yeah, I think it comes back to like what feels right sized in the moment in a particular yeah. like period of life. And then, yeah, that there is self-care in saying no. Yes. Yes. Totally. yes. I, that is so important. So there is self-care in saying no. I love that. And it's something that we are working on and we've talked about. Um, and I, I, I also think, you know, 
maybe the men can can speak to this, but I think as women, a lot of times it's like we have to say yes to everything to like almost prove to ourselves and prove to others that like we can do it all. And I think also like collectively in society, women are keeping like the power of saying, no, I don't have to do it all. And I can say no to things. And that is, it's, it's, it's empowering. It's hard. It's hard for me at least, but it's so important. (laughs) It's yeah. It's a muscle that needs like continual flexing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chris, what you and, got for us? Yeah, I just read a really interesting book recently uh, called Under a White Sky by Elizabeth Colbert. Um, so she, it's a follow-up to her book, The Sixth Extinction. Her books are always on, like, the summer reading lists of people far more intelligent than me, like um, Bill Gates and Yukon Harari. Oh. And, yeah, it's a really interesting book. Um, the focus is, like, her first book, well, not her first book, but that The Sixth Extinction is about the mass extinction and how that's kind of, impacting the world and what the future looks like and then this book kind of follows on from that but it takes a closer look at like some of the human interventions and how they've gone wrong in the world so it looks at like species introduction so the introduction of like carp to america um the introduction of like the cane toad in australia and all kinds of other species and how things have gone horribly wrong and some of the like interventions they've made in New Orleans, like New Orleans is actually below sea level. I didn't actually know that. And all the types of like um, human interventions they're doing just to keep kind of New Orleans intact. And yeah, so it's just a really interesting book huh. and like very, very thought provoking. So I, I highly recommend it. And can you say the name of the title again? Under a White Sky. Hmm. Nice. Okay. I'll, I will put the link in the show notes. Yeah, her books are fantastic. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, this. for sure. Nice. Interesting. Love it. Cool. Um, okay, so can we back up a little bit? So you <laughs> you all have been trying for four years, correct? Yeah, we first fell pregnant in 2017. And in like thinking back, we were pregnant 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and now 2021. <laughs> and how many rounds of IVF did you do? Four? Uh, we two. did two retrievals. So two uh-huh. like harvesting egg retrievals and then two transfers. Okay. The second okay. was successful. Yeah. Okay. I, I had a, like, I, for some reason I had four in my head, but maybe that's why, because of the two. Two plus two. two. Yeah. Yeah. And you had said to me that you, you, you both were said like, this is it. If it doesn't happen, we're thinking of other things. Correct. Yeah. We were 100%. ready yeah. to check out. I was taking yeah. a break or yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was broken physically, yeah. emotionally. I think, yeah, we just needed a break, especially after 2020. It was oh, a, my oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big year. Tough year yeah. Yeah. And I I wonder if there was some form of, like, fully letting go that, that you were like, okay, after this, like, no more. And I wonder if that final little release, like, do you think about that? Absolutely. And I think that you've hit the nail on the head because if I think about the first transfer that we did, I was so like, you know, type A and like prepared and doing yeah. 
all the things and cleared my work schedule to make sure that there was like no distractions. And I was like, you know, each time I did an injection was like a ceremony because I had to like clear my calendar and like do all the things right. And especially like leading up to the transfer, it was like, eat this, don't eat this, do all the things like textbook. And there was just such a sense of like rigidity and, um, I was like thinking I was surrendering, but I was obviously like very much trying to control the situation. Mm -hmm. And then when I think about the second transfer, I kept forgetting it was happening. My work schedule was like so chaotic, even up until like the day before Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing all the things. I remember like I was rushing to a dentist appointment the morning of the transfer and like rushing home to like make it. I didn't eat the like nourishing warm meal that I would have (laughs) normally eaten. It was just kind of like I was doing injections in like friends' bathrooms and like at (laughs) my acupuncture clinic. And it was just kind of like off the cuff and like whatever happens. And even thinking back to the transfer, like that day was just like a comedy of errors and like, Oh no. It was just like the room was like freezing and like shaking. Like it was really like windy day. So like as I was doing it, like the whole like I felt like I was on an aeroplane. Yeah, turbulence. like it was. I'm always just like, oh, uh, I hope we make it through this. And I think like the embryologist, like, did she get your name wrong when she was like checking was the form? One, like, fact which was wrong, which were like, oh, I hope that's. Uh, 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 <laughs> oh my god! Oh dang! So it was just like a yeah, yeah. like. There was no, like, yeah, I would say. It was perfectly imperfect. It was perfectly imperfect. <laughs> and of course, that's beautiful. That's nice. the one that stuck, yeah. yeah. And I think between the first and the second transfer, I had <clears throat> truly and utterly surrendered and was like, you know what? Yeah. I am not in control of this. I'm done. Yeah. I, I checked out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you can share, what what was the conversation like when you decided, you know, after this we're moving on and it's totally fine if you don't want to share you know so we had the conversation like going into the transfer so we knew that this was going to be the last one and i don't know do you remember the? i think we both came to the conclusion that we just like this was like as much as we could take so we needed to like take a break uh and we just been like so focused for like that extended period of time on on like having a baby that we've kind of put everything else on hold and kind of taken over everything oh, else yeah. in our lives. Yeah. So like- we we just kind of I think the conclusion was like, okay, let's do this one more time. Whatever happens, happens. You know, it's completely outside of our control. Yeah. Uh, we'll stay hopeful. Like we've always stayed the whole time. Of but yeah. Like it's just particularly watching like Elisa like there's obviously the med, the men, the mental side, but the physical side, like yeah. the way that we were doing the second transfer was like very intense and a lot of medications and like, it's a lot to watch like your partner go through. So I, I think yeah. even as we were like going through the whole, like medic, like I used to call it a medical regime of uh, injections and all kinds of things that, that you need to do as part of the program. Like it just felt like as we were going through it, it was just reaffirming the fact that I think <laughs> Was it, we're at the end of like what we could take and take a break. Yeah. yeah. And I think also like, because the first transfer had resulted in, it was a chemical pregnancy where like it was a positive HCG, which is like an indication of pregnancy hormones. 
but it was low. So there was that element of like waiting to see if that increased. So Mm. it was like at that point that I was like really starting to doubt my body because I'm like, I knew that we had a perfect embryo Mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, all those other times we, there was perhaps a chromosome abnormality, but my body knew how to sustain a pregnancy until it didn't. And then this time we had a perfect embryo, but my body was rejecting the pregnancy. So there was definitely, yeah, that was, I think, a mind game that I had to get past as well. Some mental gymnastics on that one. Yeah. (laughs) And with with your miscarriages, how far along were you with each of them? Uh, So the first one was around 10 weeks. Number two was seven weeks. Number three was 12 weeks that kind of like four year period we I'd spent like 30 weeks pregnant and yeah. that in itself just like physically like yeah recovering from each miscarriage like definitely took its toll on yeah. a physical yeah level as yeah. well and I, I I know very little of IVF but when you went because they they have the embryo that they plant inside are you like how how long do you have to wait until you know if it's successful? Technically, it's nine days. I think that's when they do the. It was ten. Not it's, more ten business. Yeah. Days. Okay. Depending Did you almost say like nine or ten business days? Yeah. I was going to say business days. It's only not business days. <laughs> nine or ten days. <laughs> It's like nine or ten, depending on where it falls in the week. Because... Right, 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 right. <laughs> Weekends don't count. You can't count the weekends. <laughs> yeah. So nine days, and of course, I did what my reproductive endocrinologist frowns upon, which is buy a home pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how could you not? Oh my god, how could you not? Yeah, because <laughs> it's so easy. It's like it, there's no harm in, right? Exactly. Like, like, says yeah. yeah. Sneaky, and sneaky. I, yeah. And with like the first transfer, I like knew the next day I just woke up and I knew it didn't work. Um, oh, wow. Instinctively and intuitively. So that I found those nine days really tough to wait. And even when it showed an early indication of it being a positive pregnancy, I was like, I just knew that this wasn't our baby. And then with the second transfer, I knew straight away that it had worked mm. and that was why I was like, okay, I've got this pregnancy test. And I it was more, I just wanted to like check in with my intuition to see if it was actually wow. right. Wow, what a trip. Wow. <laughs> so when after the nine or nine or 10 business days. <laughs> uh, She's not going to let you live that down. <laughs> That's just so cute. I'm sorry. Um, when, so you have to go back and then they do the pregnancy test. And then at that point, like how far along are you? Well, so you, you're kind of like technically four weeks because, okay. oh, and then a little bit more because the embryo at that point was a five day embryo. So yeah. you kind of like track it back to your last menstrual period as you would. I think I was, I was like, I think it's put in like a 12 week embryo. Like, let's just fast track <laughs> this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like still the the nine or 10 month pregnancy in total. Right, so yeah, yeah right. you're, you're still only about four weeks pregnant at that point. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Plus a few days. Yeah. Okay. And when, for both of you, when did it feel real? Like when did you allow yourself to get excited and 
<laughs> no, oh like God, you, you two it's are happening. so cute. Just love I, feel, <laughs> I feel yes. like okay. I mine was around week twenty six. Okay. Okay. And what did something happen, or is that like a start of a new month, and you were like, okay, or did you no. feel the baby? I had felt the baby at week sixteen, oh. um, so really early, and I. I was just protection. I just needed to protect myself that yeah. if he lost his baby, I, yeah, for the first, I think it was the first 16 weeks, all I could say was the transfer is progressing well. Like I couldn't <laughs> refer to the baby as a baby or a pregnancy. Yeah. It was just a transfer. Um, so yeah, week 26 for me. And I think that was the point of like, <laughs> my belly had popped people yeah. outside the in the street. The weather was getting warmer. I couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. It was kind of, it was spring had sprung and so had I. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And Chris, when did it feel real for you? Yeah, I, th- I think like for me, it was a little bit earlier that like after one of like the big scans around week 20, I was like, this baby's coming. Like, we, we need- <laughs> cool. So yeah. That's and great. then like, obviously like, I think around that date that you referred to is, is kind of one of the last kind of major like final scans they do around that date. I, I can't remember exactly the so, so yeah. many scans, but that was like the third one or second or third, like big one that was like perfect. Yeah. And that, that was like, we've been through all of the testing and it felt like that was like time to actually start thinking about preparing for having a baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and Corey, please feel free to jump in at any time. I just, my brain is just like, oh, well, I, I, actually, I have like all the questions. I actually have a question. Like, is there more medical checkups that you have to do when you're going through this process than you would like with say like a regular, uh, that, whatever regular word, that's not the right that word. That was going to be my next question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that, that is such a great question because we were actually at the OB's office on last Thursday and we were counting up how many like, ultrasounds and visits we've had and i would say it's like almost combined with like the ibf monitoring and then additional monitoring that they do because it is an ibf baby and then with the obstetrician appointments i would say we're like up in the like 20 or 20 or 30 appointments maybe Dang. at least yeah. 20 you maybe talk about like how you go from yeah being monitored and then you switch over yeah because yeah. you so you're as i said about four or five weeks pregnant when you initially have that pregnancy test and then they do a a scan at about six weeks just to check the viability to check for a heartbeat and then it's weekly scans until about week nine or ten when at the fertility clinic and then you're discharged to your obstetrician you graduate you graduate and even that like graduation day yeah even that like graduation day like I remember thinking I'm going to be back here again. So like, I just, there wasn't that Whoa. sense of completion that I was hoping for. Um, but then we went to our obstetrician and we love them. We've been with them for, this is our third pregnancy that we've been with them for. Um, so it was so comforting to go like straight back to them where they knew our history, they knew our story. Oh, they were yeah. expecting us back at some point. Um, and from there we did weekly scans up until I think about week 14 and that was more to accommodate my anxiety they were incredible about 
letting me come in every week just to check that the heartbeat was still there and everything was progressing. And then from there we had a scan at 16 weeks, which was an external one where they kind of do um, the start of the like anatomy scan. And then there was an 18 week and a 20 week. And then there was some like fetal heart heart monitoring because yeah, like a fetal echo because the IVF babies, um, they can be more susceptible to heart conditions. So had to do some like bigger, more invasive, like, ultrasounds and then had a little bit of a break and now that we're in the third trimester we're back to like weekly scans but it's been like very comforting to have so many scans to know that like everything's looking good I think that definitely helped ease my anxiety um and we have so many pictures of our baby like already we have like ton of ultrasound pictures which is really (laughs) sweet um but it did get to a point I think in the 20s where week 22 to week 26 where like the monitoring started to feel really overwhelming and I was ready just to take a break so yeah yeah good for you yeah and are there a long answer (laughs) no that's that's a complicated process. Yeah. Thanks for explaining. Thank you for explaining it. And other than graduating and maybe having like a little bit more um, visits, is there anything that they told you to not do or do? And because you've had miscarriages, was there anything that was unique about this pregnancy? Not really. I think the only thing that we continued beyond the fertility clinic were some of our IVF medications. So they continued beyond graduation under the care of our obstetrician because I was on some like additional injections that needed to like help sustain the pregnancy. And that's something that's not uncommon in IVF pregnancies. I know some people that have to continue injections right through birth and even into the postpartum period, depending on what their particular diagnosis is or what has caused their fertility struggles. So that was uh, personally just the hardest part for me. Like I was the I was the administrator of the injections, and I'm like, I don't like you know getting blood work done. So for me, it was like <laughs> every night having to do um, injections and things like that, and like seeing always to go through that. But yeah, that that was the. For the extended period after the after the transfer, you have to do it. For, it depends upon the regime, like six, eight, yeah. ten weeks or something like that. So what I a lucky think... baby to get you to. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, I, I feel like the injections were more traumatic for Chris than they were for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is in mind, I was just like freaked out by them. But yeah. oh, <laughs> um, it's random side note. Have you two seen uh, the TV show on Netflix called Friends from College? No. There's only two seasons. Watch it if you are bored. But um, it's, it's, the, there's a lot of IVF. Two, two of the main characters are going through IVF. And they, like, had a miscommunication as, like, who was picking up the injections. And then they go, like, <laughs> psycho and, like, break a window to get into the doctor's office. And then the doctor, like, catches them in the middle of the night and, like, her pants are down and he's, like, ready to, like, put the <laughs> injection in her butt. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's definitely, like, a black market for, like, oh, gosh. like, you've got your, like, um, 
your IVF people on speed dial where it's like, oh my God, I've run out of like syringes or I need a Q-cap or I need this. Like, oh, what have you got wow. in your bag? I, uh, wow. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm guessing I know the answer to this question, but you waited to announce to the world when you were 30, how, how far along were you? 32? 34 weeks. 34, <laughs> 34. weeks. And when did you tell, so when did you tell people in your family or friend group? Uh, 20 weeks was when we told our family. I had one sister that lives here in North Carolina that has, I've been confiding in her like throughout the entire process. So she knew we were doing the transfer. Um, But I think even for her, it was confusing because for so long I was like, the transfer is progressing well. Like it's, it's, it's going well. And I think at like the 12 week mark, she's like, so are you pregnant? Are you like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, the transfers, it's going well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was 20 weeks was when we told, which was after that kind of big anatomy scan. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and did, did doctors or anyone say like, give you advice as to, when to tell people or hold off or anything like that or that was your choice to wait 20 and 34 weeks that was purely our choice from just a history repeating itself yeah like understandable the anxiety and just protecting ourselves. and I think there was an element of like once you say it out loud it's real and yeah that once it's real you're open up to the vulnerability of a loss and yeah. I think for me I just needed to protect myself yeah totally yeah. yeah and how did it feel for both of you when you did finally announce it to the world did you feel like any relief or was it still like here we go I think for me it's like yeah like definitely relief that you can kind of share like yeah. a really exciting time in your life with your family and friends. So I think it's definitely a relief. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I was, like, happy to share. And it doesn't feel like you have to hold on to, like, the secrets so tightly anymore, which was nice. Yeah. I For me, the relief came a little bit later, but I was thankful to have Chris in a different place and a little bit further along because he kept me, he kept me going and he kept me moving forward. Versus I probably would have waited until the baby was here before telling anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh my case. gosh. So, That's wow. actually like the old troll. That would have been amazing if you had waited and then been like, surprise, we have a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. But now, now that you have shared and you're sharing and continuing to talk about it, does it feel good? Do you, are you happy that you're able to talk about it? Definitely. Now I, now I definitely feel the sense of relief that like Chris is referring to. I think it just took me a little bit longer to get there. Um, but now like retrospectively, I'm like, why didn't I share sooner? Because now I feel like I've missed out on the entire pregnancy, but like it was the pregnancy that I needed to have. And while there's like, you know, some things I'm like, Oh, I wish I had taken more bump pictures sooner. Or I had like, wish I'd done things differently. I just knew that like looking back to where my mental state was in the early stages of the pregnancy, I just wasn't in the position that I could do that. So I think it was, it was looking back, it was the perfect pregnancy 
for me mm. for that's what awesome. I've been through. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. Well, whenever, so anyone who's listening, who's trying or whenever it's our turn, like what, what should we not do and what should we do? Like, what are the things that you feel like you missed out on that others can learn from? More bump <laughs> pictures. More bump pictures. It's kind of like everything I had done in the other pregnancy. So I like took um, bump pictures. I, I wrote a journal to each of my babies, which like looking back on those, I love. And that was from the moment that I like took a positive pregnancy test um, versus this time around, I bought the journal and I just started it last week at 38 weeks. <laughs> so like That's now okay. I'm like <laughs> scrambling to like get everything down and remember everything. But yeah, I loved just kind of that that act of like keeping a journal and communicating with our baby. And it was like a really beautiful way of like communicating. Um, And I would say like, just get your shit together earlier because (laughs) I'm like, ah, there was a last minute scramble and everything felt very last minute. Um, Even though we're like ready to go now, but for me, it was like, I don't want to buy anything too early in case something happens and then we have to return things. And yeah, yeah. There was, I always kept coming back to like, what if something happens? Um, yeah. So that was always my like filter for like getting anything done. But I would say just like embrace the pregnancy that you've given because each pregnancy is so unique and so different. Yeah. Um, even within each of mine, they've all been so differently, different, like physically, how I felt emotionally. Um, and there's no, there's no perfect pregnancy. There's just the yeah. pregnancy that's perfect for you. Right. Yeah. So, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. My, I love that. My one, one tip is like, just forget about like the baby apps that tell you like that your baby is the size of like an orange and now it's an apple <laughs> and that's like developing its left earlobe today. Cause I, I, I had those initially. And then after like the third miscarriage, it's like, I'm done with these things. I just delete them all. Yeah, we deleted all those apps. So so this time I was like, you know what? Like, baby's going to grow and like do its thing. Just let like nature do its thing. And like, you don't need to know that like, and this is my own experience. Like, the baby was like a peach yesterday. Now it's the size of an apple. Like, just let nature, like, let let nature take its course. Yeah. Um, It's completely like natural. Like, you don't need to know like the evolution of your baby. Like, I was listening to a podcast about uh, this is I promise it's on topic, but it was about um, <laughs> psychedelics. It was with Michael Pollan. <laughs> and he was basically what he was <laughs> on, saying on topic, though. No, no, no. But what, he, but what he was saying, he was like, what people don't understand about plants and nature is that they exist on a timeline that human beings can't understand. But when you when you put nature under a time lapse you see all of this crazy work and crazy growth that it does it's just hard for us in our immediate need for satisfaction and i want to see it now to understand how those things work so i think that's a really yeah good way to think about it um only because nature doesn't work on our timeline they it does its own thing you know so Mm -hmm. i think that that's a good that was, I think deleting those apps is probably like a good idea. Probably. Yeah. I, I like and that. I, yeah. And I think because each pregnancy is so different, like you read those apps and it's like, Oh, you like the baby should be kicking this week. And then right. if you can't feel yeah. the baby kicking, like you're suddenly in a spin of like, why can't I feel my baby? Or like, 
it yeah. said it was going to be the size of a peach. And like, I, yeah. It's, right. Other people telling you things and then you're like, oh my God, I'm not normal. Like what's wrong? So you're yes, spinning out for no reason, yeah. which is then caught like inducing stress hormones, which is stressing the baby exactly. out. So it's just yeah. like, this like crazy circle of bullshit. You don't even need to think. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to like, find a doctor you trust because we, you know what, we didn't need to know what was happening between the scans. Yeah. We just had to, yeah. Um, but I do want to make sure, I'm pretty sure we got, we did get a couple of questions and I'm pretty sure I an- we answered um, all of these questions, but um, I'm just going to double check. Um, is there anything that you wanted to? Oh, no, I was for? just going to say, after we did that podcast with you, we had a, uh, a, like a lot of people, so like a surprising amount of people reach <laughs> out and like, just say like, hey, that was a really great episode. Like, yeah. I really appreciate you talking about this topic. It's not something that that we hear a lot about. So I just wanted to thank you all for being vulnerable in that regard. And, you know, we really appreciate um, your perspective on things like that. Yeah. And you two have helped us also like share our experience. And yeah, um, because it's not something that, as Corey said, it's not something that people talk about. And it's something that'll... I would say majority of people go through. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. And I think like when we were like going through it, like in our, like four years ago when we had our first miscarriage, like we just felt so isolated. We're like, yeah. no one is yeah. talking about this. And like, are we the only people that this is happening to? And then like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think there's only, it's like once we share our story and like we are vulnerable that there's so much healing potential in those like shared stories and just like the amount of people that have also reached out to me since like sharing our news and our journey that have experienced almost like very similar if not like identical fertility journeys and it's not until we're like brave enough to share what we're going through that other people vulnerable enough to do the same yeah 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 Yeah. do you two have any advice for people who are struggling and or going through ivf do you want me to go first you go first i I think yeah i think like you know it's not it's not an exact science uh so the science is there and available um and you know it does work but it's not a perfect science so you, you do need to be like patient on your journey um, it does take a lot of testing, but generally it does does work in the end. Mm. Uh, and then just like yeah, no, don't give up on like don't don't give up on hope. Like to stay as, as like mm-hmm. positive as you can and hold on to your dream because you know, there is a good chance that eventually it will come true. Oh. Yeah. And I think I'll add to that. I feel like I'm doing this from my like health coach <laughs> perspective, but yeah. like for me, it's like build a support team, like identify the people in your life that are going to provide you with, you know, a calm and grounded energy throughout this process because you need that. Um, And who are going to be like the cheerleaders and the support people in your life and almost kind of go through a mental checklist of all the people and identify like who's on your team and like who, you know, has your back. Um, Mm. And that could be friends, family. It might be a therapist. Um, It could be an acupuncturist. Um, so many different people in so many different professions can provide support. So it's like identifying like who are the people that make up that team for you. And then I think it goes back to like 
focus like focusing on the things that you can control because so much of like IVF and any type of assisted reproductive technologies outside of your control, even though it is like very scientific and very medicated and a very controlled process at the end of the day, like it's still, we're still like, as Chris said, experimenting and, you know, it's, it's, we're playing with nature. So what are the things you can control? And that comes back to like, are you getting enough rest? Are you like hydrating yourself? Are you nourishing yourself? Are you making time for self care? Because at the end of the day, you can't control when you're going to fall pregnant, but if you can control all of those other things to make sure that you're in a really good headspace, it can make, it can help to make the process much more manageable. And I think just like staying in the present moment, trying not to get too far ahead of like what the next steps are. Um, um, and another thing I see like with my clients, they're often like two or three steps ahead in the process and freaking out about what's to come versus coming back to the present moment and like just focusing on that particular week or even that particular day, because so much can change throughout the IVF protocol in terms of like regime and medications. And so stay in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to have some fun. I'm going to run you through some parenting hypotheticals. <laughs> and actually, I'll start with one. We had um, Corey's sister interviewed us, and she gave us this parenting hypothetical because it happened to her. So I'll start with this. It's 1 a.m. Your flight gets, you have your infant, your flight gets canceled. Everything in the airport is closed. And your baby has an explosive Oh my poop. gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. You don't have any more diapers. Nothing is open. What do you do? I take the shirt off Chris's back and I use that. <laughs> you can use that, I guess. Yeah. That, that's what our answer was. And she said, typically, like... Planes always have maxi pads and you can make a like makeshift diaper out of maxi pads. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's innovative. Yeah. Just like taping them all together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Duct tape. Yeah. But yeah, I also said, well, let's hope I have a shirt or Corey's shirts coming but off. But dude, yeah. like to be fair, I'm always the guy that I like at my office, I always have a spare change of clothes. Like there I just always have Thank one. You. Always on standby. And that's not for any other reason other than like, you know, sometimes if I, if you spill coffee on your shirt and you don't want to walk around with a coffee shirt all day, I'll, I'm going to figure out like a cool little dad, like roll up that just comes with like an emergency, you know, I'm sure they have. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, What if, what if you blow through your emergency too, though? Dude, you adapt. (laughs) Adapt and overcome. <laughs> I think order. often like in the trash cans, they like stash the spare bin liners down the bottom. I've seen them do that when they change the bins. So oh, just yeah. get a oh, trash there you go. Oh, yeah, that works too. It's just wrap the baby changing. in a trash bag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same, but there's yeah. been times where I've been walking Teddy and I'm half asleep in the morning and I forget to bring in like a trash uh, bag and he'll go yes. in someone's yard. I'm like, oh, good thing there's always plastic bags all over New York City. Like, <laughs> yeah. plenty to pick it up. Yeah, with, like, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah with innovators, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is you're potty training your child. You're at your friend's house and you notice your kid pooping in the corner. <laughs> what do you do 
There's a lot of poop involved in these hypotheticals. Oh my god. Blame it on the dog. Hey. Oh, that's a good one. That's awesome. I was thinking like pray that it's behind a pot plant or something yeah. like that. Oh my god. That's a good that's one. A Blame it on one. the dog. Yeah. Um you're you're realizing that your child is a picky eater. In the middle of dinner, they say they don't want to eat anything. What do you do? <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> we recently read um, a French parenting book and the philosophy when it comes to mealtime, if the kid doesn't want to eat, it's like this is the, the meal that you're given and wait until the next meal. So I like to think now as like being still pregnant I'd be like um this is all there is for dinner but I know in the moment I'll probably like scramble something else together (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, I had a friend yeah I had a friend of mine like who had a picky eater as a kid and uh his philosophy was just like kids aren't gonna let themselves starve to death eventually they will eat Eventually, so if they get hungry enough, they will eat it. Like, and I was I like, like when they're hungry, yeah. yeah. So, so true. Yeah. We're just hoping that the baby's like Bruce, who like eats the same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and has done for three and a half years, and still gets so excited. Bruce is our puppy for anyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Chris, were you going to say something or no? I was just going to say similar to Alicia. I think we we did actually talk about that, and it's like we don't. We're going to try not to cook customized meals and just have, you know, one meal for the family. Yeah. Yeah. As used to happen in my household growing up, but yeah, let's hope we've got like the strength to do that when it's like a cute little toddler that doesn't want to eat what we've cooked. Yeah. 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 It happened, yeah I feel like back in the, yeah, back in the eighties, it was like, there was only one meal on the table. You didn't eat yeah. that. You went to bed hungry. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, okay, last hypothetical. You're co-sleeping. You've let's, hypothetically you've made the decision to co-sleep, and Bruce wants to climb into the crib with the baby. <laughs> the baby is okay. Well, so the baby is not in the co-sleeping crib. Bruce is in there. Do you pull Bruce out <laughs> and put baby in? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tricky one. You go. I think if Bruce is comfortable in the crib, just let him sleep as long as he's not. Uh, if, the, if the baby's hypothetically with us, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, I feel like at that point I would probably have to get out of the bed because there just wouldn't be any room. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We currently co-sleep with Bruce, so yeah. <laughs> Baby in, in, will not be with us. I didn't learn about what co-sleeping was until a friend of ours told me about it. I was like, wait, that's a thing? Yeah. I yeah. had no idea. No idea. In since um because we're moving in our new home, we decided Corey convinced me to get a king bed because right now we have our bed in the downstairs and we don't allow Teddy to go downstairs, so Teddy doesn't sleep with us. But in our new space it's one floor and we don't really know how we're gonna separate if we're going to separate cats and dogs and they're fine. They don't need to be separated anymore. But he said, look, we already have two humans and two adults in our cat, in our bed. 
or two humans and two two cats. humans and two adults. We we're in a quadruple. That's a fun. <laughs> no, two. I'm I'm glad I caught myself. Two humans and two cats in the bed when we sleep. If Teddy's gonna be in there too, and then whenever baby comes, that's too many things in the bed. We need a king size bed. <laughs> I wish oh. we had quite trained for now three and a half years later. We can't get him out of the bed. So yeah, I've, I've heard that once you once you let them in, it's there's it's no hard. going back. Yeah, once exactly. you go to the bed, yeah, you haven't bothered trying. It was one of those like parenting, like puppy parenting decisions that I still remember the moment we were like so sleep deprived and we're like oh we're just letting him in the bed for one night just so we can get a few hours sleep because he was yeah. like crying in the little pen next to us. And that was it. <laughs> it's so hard though. It's re- yeah. like she had a hard time when like Teddy would be whining or, you know, yeah. complaining yeah. about the crate. I'm like, you it's dis- like he's fine. Like, he'll- I was more worried about the neighbors getting upset. Like I didn't, I was yeah. like, he's fine. He's a dog. <laughs> he's a dog. Um, all right. Well, speaking of animals, so what made us laugh or what was most embarrassing? I will go first because mine was equally laughable and stupid slash embarrassing so on tuesday night we heard a little kitten crying outside and it was so loud and i knew exactly i'm like that is a kitten and it's like must be right outside keep in mind this was at 10 30 and she was exhausted well, well no that on tuesday it was earlier oh, well. and i go outside and i can see i and strangely my our upstairs neighbors heard it too they thought it was our cat and they were coming to check on us but then we all walked outside together and we could see this we live next door to an abandoned building and we could see this little kitten was like poking its head out and then when we got closer it like of course ran away and I was trying to call it to see if it would come it wouldn't I spent like 10 minutes out there and I went back and checked on it like three more times that night couldn't get it rewind or fast forward also because when you see stray cats or stray kittens you're not you're supposed to let them be because sometimes the mom will be either out for going out looking for food and coming back with food or sometimes they will carry their kittens one by one to a new location so you're not really supposed to do anything when you see a stray kitten um but then thursday night we heard it again and i'm like all right this is now three nights that this kitten has been alone. I don't think mom's coming back. So then I start to investigate and my neighbor said, it's under the car if you want to come help me. And fast forward, we were out there trying to find this kitten or trying to get this kitten to come to us for over an hour. I, if anyone knows me, they know that I'm a germaphobe. I was literally laying on the ground trying to reach this cat and we got food, we got treats. It just was so frightened and scared that it just wouldn't come to us. And I was disgusted at myself that I was laying on the ground trying to get this cat. And I I have a picture that I'll post um, later, but our upstairs neighbor's fiance took a picture of the three of us laying on the ground trying to get this kid. Well, dude, we were trying to get it. And he opened the window and was like, how's it going down there, guys? And we were all like... We were like, shh, don't talk to us, don't, don't make any noises. And of course, like, how can you ask New York to be quiet? Yeah. But, um, yeah, and a, a lot of bystanders were walking by and were like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> I feel like that's an episode of, like, a 
sitcom like watching well, dude, it, and felt, then, like, it felt like it <laughs> i i finally called it because it was 11 30 she had to be up early and i'm like you're laying in the gutter <laughs> you're, i'm like you're okay and then like i felt like a bad husband for like letting her like get all dirty you know and finally i was just like we're going inside like we're calling it and then she got mad at me <laughs> for like i'm like i'm trying to take care of you like yes and she's like i, I could have got it i'm like Dude, I know. I'm like, I just needed one more shot. I need one more shot. I know you're not mad at me, but I mean. But tonight, I've already planned it. Just so you know, tonight. I was gonna say, so where's the kitten now? Is it still out? So I we I spent the night at my friend's house in the Hamptons on Friday night, and our upstairs, our roommate, our upstairs neighbor texted us and said the bodega owners next door were trying to get the cat, and they were gonna have it be like a bodega cat. Um, but they couldn't get it either. Corey heard the kitten crying last night. So around nine o'clock to- tonight, I'm going out and I'm getting that kitten. <laughs> it's I've, I've, I've decided it. <laughs> so you'll adopt we'll the kitten into your family? We'll or you'll... No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, I would love to, that would be so fun, <laughs> but no, we've, we've max capacity. Um, our, the shepherd farm is at max capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, I, we will gladly I'll give it to you if they want to have a bodega cat I will give it to them or one of the girls who comes to my gym she fosters cats so I would give it to her yeah, okay. yeah. Um, unless I w- you two want a kitten uh, no no no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anything that made you laugh I mean me throwing the frisbee with Teddy yesterday oh, was yeah. pretty rad yeah. uh, I, apparently like I, Alex and I were having a conversation and I'm, I'm pretty good at throwing a frisbee so Teddy's behind me, and I know he like wants the frisbee, so I just like throw it like this. Not even looking, just wasn't over even his looking. Shoulder. And apparently, it like he didn't even have to move it; it just went like, <laughs> like he like jumped up for it, but it was the perfect throw. But if you go on my Instagram, there's like four different versions of me just sitting in a chair by the pool, just like not looking, and Teddy like catching it midair. He's so good. <laughs> that at it. did that did bring us lots. Of yeah, joy. we were. I, I, That's I, I awesome. made me super happy. Um, and then embarrassing would have probably been, yeah, laying in the gutter in New York City trying to find a cat. That's definitely that's, laying in the gutter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, mine also involves a fur baby, so I feel like there's a theme happening at the moment. <laughs> we were like in, I was gonna say Chris has been on bed rest, but Bruce, um, our Frenchie, hurt his back and has been on bed rest. So for the last like six weeks or so we've had like our couch fenced off so we've been like on the floor basically and this particular night Chris and I were eating dinner on the floor Bruce was eating his dinner and then came back in and I said to Chris oh you dropped a bit of his like food and he went to pick it up simultaneously as Bruce wiped all of his food on Chris's shirt or whatever and then (laughs) the bit that Chris picked up was Bruce's food and ate that oh no it's human grounds. Just the <laughs> oh, my God. oh, no. So then that was like, we were in hysterics. And then the embarrassing part, like being so heavily pregnant, of course, I like peed my pants because I couldn't <laughs> And we were just like dying of laughter because I couldn't tell Chris. He still didn't know what was happening because I, I was like laughing so much at the fact that he'd eaten Bruce's regurgitated dinner. But I had to get myself to the bathroom, so it was like a good few minutes before Chris had known what had even happened. Oh no! Oh. Does he eat dry or wet food? Wait, wait wet you said food. it was regurgitated. 
Well, because it was like out of his mouth. Oh, okay. He didn't like throw it up, he but he had like it dropped no. it. Oh, he okay. Like, yeah. That's I was like, hysterical. how would you not know if it was throw up? But yeah, okay. I understand how. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that if like I mean that wouldn't really bother me if that would have happened with Teddy I eat like I'll give him bites of stuff and then like I, I, I'll give him a bite of a Dorito and then like eat the Dorito like I think but that it's that's... not the dog food no I understand yeah. I understand but that. also <laughs> I make I make the cat's food and they eat like chicken and sweet potatoes and carrots and things and I asked I was making it one day and I, obviously I'm not gonna eat it because I don't eat chicken but I asked him I was like I dare you to try this. And he was like, no way, no way. He thought it was so gross. I'm like, it's all human food. It's like... I would like, try it now. I have changed my mind. I would try yeah. it now. But... And, 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 and. Well, we, we got it in the fridge. You want me to bring it out? No. No, thank you. <laughs> we get, no, we get stuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if we're in a pinch, we do have cat food. There you go. <laughs> That's hysterical. And then for me, it's not, it's not like super funny, but I've just been like at this stage of the pregnancy, like you can like see like the baby's like shapes and Elise's like belly and yeah. like it just looks like an alien. So you can kind of see like this oh, yeah. head moving around and like things poking out. And like it's just photo. like really like strange to like watch. And it just feels like very yeah. surreal, but it's just like bizarre. We definitely know what the head is for sure. Um, but like yeah. we're kind of constantly guessing body parts, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun. Oh my gosh. Do you notice that if you eat certain foods, like baby gets more active? Hmm. I think the baby just loves mealtime. Anytime I eat, they definitely get a burst of energy and yeah. I can feel them like dancing around. Yeah. At certain times of the day. The oh yeah. 10.30 PM. Like just as we're getting into bed, it's like a silent disco. Lovely. <laughs> so silent baby disco. Is, <laughs> baby's a rager. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. one of, when my best friend was pregnant um and i i think i saw her when she was like end of seven months or beginning of eight months so she's pretty very pregnant and she says do you want to feel the baby move and of course my answer is yes and she eats a piece of chocolate and lays down and she's like, Give it ten minutes, minutes later yeah. not even 10 minutes minutes later you can see her stomach like it's amazing yeah. oh my gosh it's incredible yeah, so I cool. think they're little like sugar junkies. Definitely, if there's anything oh, like sure. sweet, yeah, for definitely. Sure. Yeah. Oh well, this has been so fun, and I am so so happy for you too. Yeah, three, very slash excited three for you. slash four because of Bruce, <laughs> <laughs> and I just wish you nothing but the best. And this baby is so so, so lucky, lucky to have you. So lucky, you guys are gonna oh be wonderful gosh. parents. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. We are very excited and it's very soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> soon. I'm just happy we made it through the podcast without my waters breaking. So oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh my God, that can you imagine? The first. That could yeah. be the first. <laughs> podcast exclusive. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a question. Why are you, ref um, you, I know you've probably said this, but I was looking back and I couldn't see anything. Baby Flake. Yes, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> question. Yeah, so baby flake is what we call the baby. Um, and not the official name. Not the official name. Yeah, yes. we, right, right, we right. also have a human name, but I don't know if we want to switch. We kind of like baby flake. Um, <laughs> that was going into the, the transfer because obviously with an embryo, they're frozen um, yeah. because of oh. the like cryopreservation. So. Uh -huh. 
flake, snowflake, yeah. cold, frozen. Cute. And it just That's became very baby flake. And, and there were some really like special moments throughout the like early stages of the pregnancy, like when we found out we were pregnant officially with like the the beta HCG blood work was like the first snowfall of oh, wow. New York City. And then I think our 12 week scan was like one of the like New York City winter storms. So there was always like oh, wow. snow on like any of those like pivotal moments in the early pregnancy. So That's we right. knew our baby flake was yeah with us all the time. That's awesome. Oh, Very I love cool. that. Oh, baby yeah. flake. Oh, so sweet. Um, well, if you want to listen to the podcast before that we did with these two lovely humans, I'll put it in the show notes, but remind people if um, people, well, I'm guessing you're going on maternity leave, so I don't know if you're accepting new clients or working with people, but if they want to look at, you've been putting out some beautiful posts and blogs, um, where can people find you? They can find me at Eat, Heal, Move. Um, so that's either my Instagram or my website. Currently not accepting clients, um, but I'll be back in some capacity in November. And I've got some really exciting things that I'm launching kind of at the end of the year and also into early next year doing some group coaching and things like that. So, but in the interim, you can follow our initial parenting journey on Eat, Heal, Move on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And you have some great resources for people who have had miscarriages or are trying and who are pregnant. So yeah, so yeah, go check her out. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Oh, well, so, so happy again. I can't keep, I can't stop smiling and thinking of you too. So congratulations. I'm so glad we we're able to do part two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Very just cool. can't wait for baby flakes arrival as I'm sure you two can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Uh, give Bruce a kiss for us. <laughs> I will. Thank you, guys. It's been so much fun to come back. Awesome. Yeah, yes. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, don't hang up, but we'll we'll, we'll see the rest of you later. Yeah. Somewhere quiet we can go Say the name